Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. Welcome into Coffee Break, the show brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. If you have a property that fits the needs of their buyers, call David at Versant, 459-8565. And we're kicking off the show today chatting with St. Peter's Health nurse navigator Pam Sasser. Pam, sure appreciate you joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Can you, as we start off here, can you introduce yourself to folks? Who is Pam Sasser? Um, I'm one of the nurse navigators at St. Peter's Health. We actually have four uh, nurse navigators, and my specific role is to help take care of breast patients um, as well as gynecological patients. Okay, so nurse navigator. Can you explain that to us? What what does that mean? Sure. So as a navigator, one of our roles, um, we do many things, but is to offer emotional and educational support as well as uh, coordination of care and just to be kind of a conduit for all the pieces that get involved with a cancer diagnosis. Um, As being the breast nurse navigator, I do take care of some patients that do not have cancer. Um, So I do want to make sure that people understand when they hear my name, it doesn't necessarily equate to a cancer diagnosis. So... Yeah, so when people get a diagnosis, uh, their first question is, what next, what now, and you're the answer. Correct, yep, yep. I help facilitate um, appointments, you know, get those, make sure patients are getting seen in a timely manner, um, provide a lot of education for both the the patient and their family, Um, and then we have a multidisciplinary team approach here at St. Peter's, so I'm talking with everybody from the radiologist to the general surgeon, medical oncologist, their primary care provider, radiation oncology, pathology, physical therapy. So there's a huge team that's involved. So it's really important to have one person to kind of take the reins and make sure nobody's falling through the cracks and being taken care of appropriately. Yeah, so Pam herds the cats out there at St. Pete's. How long have you been doing that? Um, I've been in my role for eight and a half years. Okay, so what? We started the navigation program um, 10 years ago, and the person that started that was Carrie Kaler, and she actually is our senior nursing officer right now. Um, And so when she left, uh, well, she's done other things in between that, but when she left, I took over the role. So I'm the most senior navigator we currently have right now. What got you, Pam, what got you into that role? Like, why is that the lane that you chose for medicine? You know, I'm not really sure how it fell into my lap, if you will. Um, I did work with Carrie when I was in nursing school. And, um, you know, I'd always seen updates and things that had been going on with the program, and it always piqued my interest. And then when I found out the position was available, I just reached out to her, and it just kind of worked out. I don't know that there was any, you know, reason other than timing and maybe it was a godsend. I'm not exactly sure, but it's it's a really good fit That's for me. We're talking this morning with Pam Sasser. She is one of the nurse navigators out at St. Peter's Health. And it sounds like your day is pretty varied, but really at the core of it is, uh, is, is helping people. 
Yeah. So October breast cancer awareness month, and it's something we've certainly heard of, but awareness, I suppose, more than just recognition of the phrase, right? Absolutely. I mean, we're really lucky that October gets all the, um, you know, accolades, if you will, you know, athletes are donning their jerseys and, um, coffee shops are putting their pink lids on the cups and, you know, different games are, you know, doing tributes and those types of things. So we get a lot of awareness and, um, I don't know, education for the month of October, but it's really important that people know that breast cancer doesn't only happen in October, right? It's people, one in eight women are diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime. So it's really important that, and men also can get breast cancer. One to two percent of our breast cancer um, diagnoses are men. And so it's really important that people follow the guidelines. Um, there are a couple different guidelines between the task force as well as like the ASCO guidelines. Um, and what we follow here at the hospital is mammograms starting at the age of 40 and yearly after that, um, if there is a family history, be sure to talk to your primary care provider because sometimes they will start doing screening a little bit sooner than that. Um, I always encourage people to know their normal, uh, you know, like if there's anything going on with their breast that seems odd or different, always follow up. It may be nothing, but it also could be something. And over the years, we found early detection truly is saving lives. So, you know, if somebody comes in with a suspicion and we get them diagnosed at an early stage, the cure rates with proper treatment can be 99%, which is huge. So um, it's just really important that people know uh, breast cancer is not necessarily family um, related, there is a small percentage, about 20% of breast cancers that are associated to genetic history, um, so like a strong family history, but the bulk of them are not. It's just, you know, environmental or bad luck or whatever you want to call it, but um, I think that's one of the big takeaways is to know that even though there's not a family history, you still are at risk of developing breast cancer. Yeah, I was. I, I felt like I was going to put you on the spot and ask if you had any statistics to share with us. But you've got these things. You've been doing this a while. You you know all this stuff. And but it sounds like you know, this, this is pretty widespread. Yes. Mm-hmm. For so sure. so and and you mentioned, of course, we we think of women when we talk about breast cancer, but uh, men do get this as well. Uh, you talked about uh, you know mammograms and stuff like that. What do the guys do? Yeah. So. Um Typically what makes a man present is they usually feel a lump or notice a lump on their breast. And believe it or not, we do man- <laughs> mammograms. I almost called it a manogram. A manogram. I like it. <laughs> but we do mammograms also for men. Um, so, yes, men have experienced that uncomfortable diagnostic test as well. But yeah. that is the way we, all, the way we um, diagnose it. They can have an ultrasound, which is a different technique of looking at tissue to see, you know, like masses and being able to do a breast biopsy or something like that. And then the treatment for a man is very much the same as a female. So, 
Well, you said that, uh, that there is some link to genetics, but not necessarily. So what steps can we take to sort of assess our risk for breast cancer? And, and are, are there risk factors that we should know about? For sure, yeah. So, um, you know, if there is any cancers in the family, it's always important to share that. I know it's kind of an awkward conversation, but, um, you know, just finding out if, you know, like Grandma Susie had a breast cancer or an ovarian cancer or something like that. You know, we hear the Angelina Jolie phenomenon where she has had family members, you know, that had that BRCA gene mutation, and so she was proactive and, you know, had a bilateral mastectomy because she carried that gene as well. So, um, you know, it's having those family discussions, but not just solely to breast. Like, there are other cancers, too, such as colon, pancreatic cancer, you know, that can be linked not just to breast but other cancers. Um, So if there is any kind of a question or doubt, I do encourage people to follow up with their primary care doctor. We have um, the Shodare Genetics team here in Helena, and they are phenomenal. They can consult with patients um, to find out what their risk is, and there are genetic tests that can be done and performed to see if somebody does have a genetic mutation. And then if that does come back, then we, you know, have the discussion of what are the proper precautions that people need to take, you know, like, does it mean you start getting a colonoscopy sooner? Do you have your mammograms sooner? You know, are you looking at other um, blood work or something like that? So it's, again, it's just having that conversation, and sometimes it's an uncomfortable conversation. There's actually tools online Um, You know, if somebody is interested but maybe doesn't know how to approach the subject, um, then they can give you some guides on how to have that conversation. Pam Sasser with us this morning on Coffee Break. A few more minutes with her. She's a nurse navigator out at St. Peter's Health. And uh, you, you had mentioned earlier, you know, environmental and stuff like that. Can we take any kind of preventative measures here? Are there are there risk factors past just family history? Yeah, so um, two big things, um, for sure, tobacco. Tobacco has been linked to numerous cancers. Breast is one of them. And um, there's, I mean, it's not new research, but I think it's becoming a little bit more popular um, as far as the communication, and that is alcohol. Um, For many years, you know, it was like, oh, have a glass of wine, it'll prevent cancer, and they're finding that a glass of wine actually is not the best thing to do anymore, and so alcohol is being linked to cancers, breast being one of them. So um, the recommendation there, of course, with everything else is moderation. Same with, you know, different processed foods, those types of things. Um, You know, just trying to do your best to eat healthy, um, you know, not to consume overly on alcohol it's not saying not to have any drinks but you know to try to do it in moderation and then um, exercise for sure they're finding great research proving that 150 minutes a week of exercise is a great um, prevention for cancers including breast cancer so as with any cancer as you mentioned um or any illness really early detection is important sometimes it's critical so how can women book their their mammograms how do they do that well we have two different options people can self-screen self-refer for their screening mammogram um and 
that one, you know, you just call the scheduling. I wish I knew the number. I'm sorry. But you can call the scheduling department at St. Peter's, and they can help get you scheduled for that. Um, but the preferred route is to go through your primary care provider, um, and that way they can visit with you and do a whole health screening, um, you know, and see if there's other tests that are necessary or not, and then that way insurance also pays for it. I'm not sure on the self-referral if that's an out-of-pocket or if people's insurance will pay for that. So, um, but, yeah. Okay, and, and if there is, uh, Pam, if there is a diagnosis, uh, St. Peter's does work to provide care close to home it's not okay well now you've got to go to uh, you know uh, i don't know missoula or bozeman or even you know spokane there are services here oh absolutely yes we offer medical oncology as well as radiation oncology we have a phenomenal surgeon um i mean we have numerous surgeons but the bulk of our breast surgeries are done by Alyssa abentroff and she's really good um people really like her so yeah, we can do everything right here close to home. And breast cancer um, is pretty straightforward as far as the care goes. Every once in a while, we get some complicated cases where, you know, a second opinion might be warranted. But um, the bulk of our breast cancers, we can take care of right here locally. And it's really nice that people don't have to travel back and forth, you know, especially if somebody needs chemotherapy or even radiation therapy, which can be, which is a daily treatment. Um, imagine driving back and forth in the winter months, you know, so it's nice to be able to be close to home and close to family and all your familiar, familiarities is nice to have that, those, you know, comforts. Yeah. Yeah, and there are options. There's certainly hope. And, uh, Pam, before I let you go, if people want to find out more about anything we've chatted about, what what should they do? Well, they can certainly reach out to me if they have any questions. Um, my number is 406-495-6780. Um, I'm also linked to St. Peter's website under, I believe, the Cancer Treatment Center I've got my email contact on there as well, but that's P, Pam Sasser at sphealth.org. And then um, if anybody has questions just for their primary care, they can reach out to them too. Okay. Perfect. Pam Sasser is the nurse navigator, a nurse navigator out at St. Peter's Health. Pam, I sure appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to visit. Yeah. Stick around. We've got more coffee break. We've got the boss man, Wade Johnson, coming up after this. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. In today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. 
Welcome back to Coffee Break, the show brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. Finding the perfect buyer for your home doesn't have to be daunting. Call David at Versant, 459-8565. Thanks again to Pam Sass here for kicking things off for us today. And we're finishing the show out with St. Peter's Health CEO, Wade Johnson. It's been a while since, uh, since you've been on the show, Wade. Thanks for taking some time. Thank you. Good morning. It's great to be with you. Yeah, and, and we're going to talk this morning about uh, life plan community. But while I have you, I, I've got to at least ask how the hospital's doing in terms of uh, capacity and COVID and, and all that. W- what are we looking at right now? Thank you so much for asking that. Um, we are what we believe is currently what we would call at the peak. So we are seeing uh, more COVID patients than, than at any time over the last 18 months as we've been dealing with this pandemic. Um our doctors, nurses, technicians, uh, caregivers, other staff have just been working flat out um, and uh, putting so much into the care that we're providing our patients. And it's, it's, it's truly sobering um, and remarkable at the same time. I think um, I'm glad you asked because I'd, I um, would like to express the immense appreciation we have for all of them that are doing this, this amazing work in the hospital and to continue to encourage the community to stay safe and be safe. It feels in some regards like there's kind of two worlds um, for us right now inside the walls of the hospital. It's, it's uh, honestly as difficult as it has ever been um, with the numbers that we are seeing. And, and sadly, um, we're seeing patients um, from all age ranges succumb to this virus. So it's been really, really difficult um, for uh, for a lot of our caregivers right now. So um, it's, it, it's tough times. We, we hope um, uh, that here over the next few weeks, we start to see maybe these uh, numbers decline, um, but it's really uh, occupied a great um, portion of our time and attention um, over the last uh, couple of months, even more so than it had initially at its onset. Are we seeing the folks that are in the hospital right now, Wade, uh, largely it sounds like uh, unvaccinated people? That's correct, um, without question. Um, um, I don't have the exact numbers sitting in front of me, but um, it, it, uh, what we have seen across the state is uh, really around 90% plus um, uh, being unvaccinated, uh, particularly when it comes to uh, those that are uh, passing away from this condition. Yeah, so, virus. Yeah, so the, those vaccines, while they may not prevent people from catching the thing, they are preventing severe cases and hospitalizations. Yeah, well, I think it's important to think of that in two ways. Um, One is that it it does. I mean, the data does demonstrate that it it does help prevent you from getting it. Now, that does not mean that you don't get it, but um, you are much better off being vaccinated. The likelihood of getting the uh, virus, if you're vaccinated, is substantially at least eight times less than if you're not vaccinated. If you do happen to get it, you fare so much better um, than you do, uh, uh, you know, if you're vaccinated than you do if you don't. So you kind of win in both cases. You're less likely to get it. And then if you do happen to get it, you fare much better uh, with your outcome. St. Peter's. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. St. Peter's Health CEO Wade Johnson is with us finishing out our show today. And uh, I want to be sure that we get into some of the conversation we were wanting to get into this morning. And that was uh, the life plan community. Uh, Can you explain what that is and and why that's something that's needed in our community? 
You betcha. So a life plan community, um, sometimes you'll also hear it referred to as a continuing care retirement community. But it's a community that delivers uh, independent living, assisted living, memory care, a skilled nursing facility, along with lots of lifestyle amenities all on one campus. So having this broad scope of care along with all these amenities really ensures residents have this um, kind of the stability of remaining in the in the place that they call home as they progress through life stages. So I, I think about it in terms of a, of a campus, um, almost like um, we might think of a college campus in a way. So you have this campus um, with all sorts of amenities available on site that um, uh, provides various um, um, stages of care for folks um, as they progress. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, and we're and you're working on bringing one here to the capital city. Yeah, and to your to your question too um, about why why would we do this? I think there's a couple of reasons. One, as you know, is that they sometimes refer to Montana as a graying state. Um, you know, I have to put myself in that group these days. Um, the we are an aging state. I think by 2030, we'll have over 30% of our um, uh, population over the age of 60. So we're seeing a lot of um, folks that are progressing towards that um, and, and aging in our state. And yet in our community, in, in Helena specifically, um, as we did the research, we found that there's a lot of unmet need here. Uh, we saw people who were having to leave our community to go to other communities in Montana or out of state to um, uh, be able to get these types of services. And so we began exploring this several years ago and, and really feel that that because of the the connection it has to care and clinical care, uh, that this is something that fits really, really well within um, our mission uh, at St. Peter's. Well, and this is a partnership. You're not the only one here. You've, you, you've got some experience to lean on. Uh, who, who's your partner? And I guess, how did you come to choose them? Yeah, great question. You know, so as we as we began um, a, a few years ago to look at how we can improve access to care and care for all the, the, the various demographics that we serve and began to look at particularly at the aging population, we began to talk to organizations that provide these types of services um, in other communities here in Montana and, and across the country. And really what we were looking for, similar to what we have done in our partnership with maybe Bozeman Health or Kalispell Regional, University of Utah Health, Carroll College, whatever, we look for those that have uh, similar values to ours um, that we can connect with in that regard. I think that's really where the partnerships begin. So as we were talking to different companies and, and looking at values and looking for partners, we were fortunate um, to be able to find the the organizations that we did that, that uh, we really wanted some that had experience in Montana. So as an example, Emanuel Living Communities, MMW Architects um, out of Missoula, uh, Sawgrass Partners, these are all a couple of, of the organizations that we have brought to the table as our partners. Uh, not only do they have lots of experience uh, in some cases in Montana, but also nationally. And uh, in a project of this magnitude, it literally takes a village. So yeah, we knew from the onset that we weren't going to go this alone in that regard. So you mentioned uh, amenities, Wade. We're running a little out of time. we got three minutes and change left, but what uh, what are some of the amenities that we're looking at here? So I will, yeah, I'll, I'll go quick. So 
Um, in addition to the, the uh, independent living and assisted living, skilled nursing, those types of things, look at things like um, a medical clinic on site, physical and occupational therapy, uh, pharmacy, mental health and nutritional counselors, walking trails, swimming pool, tennis courts, fitness center, library, craft rooms, game rooms, art and music studios, um, all the way to retail and food type shops, um, beauty salons and barbers. Uh, so there's a whole litany of things that we're looking at that will all ultimately be shaped by the surveying and the focus groups that we're doing right now. So these, these life plan communities uh, can have almost anything and everything you can think of. And what we need to do is kind of pare that down to what fits for Helena uh, based on the other services and amenities that are already provided in the community and then the ones that really need to be in close proximity. So there's, there's a lot. Um, that, that can be offered uh, on, in these communities that we're evaluating right now. Yeah, we're a Seinfeld house. I love that show. My wife and I joke about moving into Del Boca Vista when we retire. Uh, You're uh, building Del Boca Vista, Wade. <laughs> yes, it's gonna, this, is, this is really going to be a remarkable community um, for, our, for our local folks and potentially, I think, for folks who want to look to retire in Montana. Well, and this is obvious. probably a combination. Yeah, this is obviously a, a, a long-term project. This isn't something that goes up over a summer. Where, where are we at in, in sort of the timeline? Yeah, so we're, we're really, um, we're probably uh, in uh, just finishing our first year of about five years um, in the project. So we are in the process right now of actually designing the campus, uh, working with the architects, designing the homes, uh, gathering information from the community about what this uh, will ultimately provide in terms of services and amenities. Um, and we, 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 if everything continues to move forward um, as it has, I, I anticipate that we'll be able to begin construction this next year. And then we'll go through a couple of years of, of construction as we uh, build it out probably in phases because it's going to take a little while. Yeah, de definitely a, a long-term project. If somebody's interested in learning more about this, is there a way they can do that? Or maybe, as you said, you're looking for feedback from people of what do you want to see? How do they do that? You bet. There's forms that can be filled out on our website. So if you just go to sphealth.org, and then you can either search Life Plan Community in our search box there, or you can go to sphealth.org forward slash, get ready for this, life hyphen plan hyphen community so it's kind of a long one um so it might be just as easy as go to sphealth.org and then search life plan community in our search box and that'll take you right to the web the link to the website and you can get more information and and um uh, learn more about the project there it's a fantastic project and uh you know it, it takes a forward thinking organization to do something like this and and to take on a project like this so wade i sure appreciate uh, you and all the good folks out at st peter's health for doing that i wish i wish we had more time to chat about it but uh well they only give me a half hour waiting it's all up no i hear you thanks so much and uh, stay safe and uh, just continue to encourage folks to get vaccinated I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.